This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Now, Jim, I understand there's trouble in paradise at the Kelly residence as well. What do you mean? Uh, last night, there was a bit of a blowout, I hear, between <laughs> you and your fiance. A blowout is an extreme exaggeration, but we did kind of get in a disagreement because I was playing indoor soccer at 5.30, got home around 7, or was planning on getting home around 7. I got the text, SOS, running out of Halloween candy. Uh, we had a lot of candy to give out, but I think we ate a bit on the weekend and it kind of was dwindling, you know, so. You also have to ration. You get excited, the first trick-or-treaters show up, and you're giving handfuls out, right? Well, it's weird, because I, once I eventually got there, I heard kids going, so, so, so I was like, oh, yeah, here you go, and they go, how many? <laughs> She's like, uh, two? Before, I would just grab one and then wait for they say, yeah, until they take say, take another more. One. Yeah, yeah, right. but now they go, how many? Kids, to, kids these days, It huh? is what it is. So anyway, that's why we were running out of candy. That's who I'm going to blame, not me eating 40 candies a day over the weekend. But anyway, so I'm like, okay, okay, I'll go, I'll go to Sobeys and grab some. So I stop at Sobeys. I'm walking around. I don't see any candy. So where's all the Halloween candy? I ask a lady. She says, we ran yeah. out. There were so many people who came by like last minute that were completely out. That's funny because we had swimming lessons last night and while the kids were at the indoor pool, my wife said, can you run over? I don't think we have enough Halloween candy. Can you run over to the mall? I went to the mall, went to the drugstore, went to the grocery store and in the entire plaza, there was no Halloween candy to be found. So we just rolled with it. Yeah. So that's what I was going to do. No, just be like, you know what? Give them, open the Starburst package and give each kid one, just one square each. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Or turn off the lights. So I called her. And that's what I said. And she was like, okay. Oh, no. Really that's not good. Out. So Sarah, Sarah's yeah. on the other end of the phone. Okay, that's fine. It's just I see kids walking by. And they're, if they're going to... Once the rain stops, there's going to be more kids. So I was like, all right, I'll go. So I drove a... Another couple kilometers out of the way, I went to the superstore. They had a bunch, but they only had like the 120 Mars bar chocolate bar kit. So I got 120, brought them back, and we probably had three more kids show up. So and now, now I have you're 117 stuck. chocolates. I probably ate 30 last night. It's weird. I, I, I feel like I was hungover this morning because I had so much sugar in me last night. But, uh, but you were a little ticked off that Sarah made you go drive that extra. Well, I mean, it, I, I guess it's my fault, but I mean, it is what it is. Like, turn off the lights, whatever. We had a good run. You yeah. know, we handed out some candy. The kids missed out. Should have got You out contributed to the yeah. system, the Halloween ecosystem. Yeah. But now I got to eat 100 pieces of candy because, you know. You don't even have kids that are taking. You're just, you're, uh, you're depositing into the, uh, into the system, but That's you're right. not making any withdrawals. That's right. So you've added, whatever candy you added is all gravy on top of the... The potatoes. Absolutely. We're not taking, only giving. Well. So was it resolved? You didn't go to bed angry. I couldn't. I was too jacked up on candy. <laughs> you got a question. Ask a lawyer. Ask a lawyer. A question about custody or his neighbor. Ask a lawyer. Ask a lawyer. Ian Snedden is a partner with Cohen Hiley Lawyers. You can find him at CohenHiley.com. How are you, Ian? I'm doing well in this first day of November, and the weather kind of sucks, but otherwise I'm doing well. Yeah, weather does suck. 
Uh, look at look at the bright side. The sun's going to be shining, and you're not getting divorced. Uh, well, that's true. Like Tom Brady and Giselle. I mean, you don't wish ill will on anybody, but I'm sure there's some non-Tom Brady fans out there. Or some big Giselle fans who are happy she's single. Heck, both of them, I think, are going to do okay in the long yeah. run. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they both have a lot of money. If you just look at their property, I don't know of a prenup, but they don't really need one because they have assets, millions and millions of dollars. And what might surprise some people, particularly the younger uh, audience, is that Giselle actually makes more money than Tom Brady. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Take her to the cleaners, Brady. Yeah. <laughs> Time to pay the support there, Giselle. Yep. Tom's earned yeah, it, putting up with yeah, your nonsense. That poor guy only makes $27 million a year or something. But when he retires with Fox, he's got a contract for reputed for $375 million. So much like uh, Jim's contract in the negotiations with FM96 last time. <laughs> we can hope so. Hey. And just like Tom, I'm going to sponge off my honey. Do you do you <laughs> find go. that Ian? You've you've worked family law for your career. Um, yeah. Do you find when there's when both sides have lots of money, it's easier? Oh, definitely, it's easier. There isn't the financial pressure. They're able to kind of walk away. And neither of them are going to be feeling it financially at all. Right, and I think that's true. Yeah, in my uh, in my experience. Where there's a lot of money, there's uh, it's it's easier to resolve the issues. Except, uh, kids are kids, and those those can always be a problem. In this case, it looks like they're sharing the kids, or that's what they say, publicly anyway. But that's oftenly often something that goes beyond money is what's going to happen with the kids. Hmm. Now, what do you think about uh, the lawyers that are? Uh like, do you guys have an alarm that goes off if you get a high-profile client and you know you're going to make lots of money? Is it like Ghostbusters? No, I, you ain't got one! <laughs> Tom Brady just called us. Here we go, law firm. We're in for a treat. Boo! That's a bottle, a bottle of champagne popping. Boo! Celebrate! Legal, legal gavel shows up in the sky like Batman. No, we don't have anything like that. So, And I have not been contacted by... Tom Brady or Giselle. How much do you think they will... Let's say everything goes as smoothly as possible in this divorce. How mm -hmm. much money do the lawyers stand to make in that scenario? Huh. Well, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know how complicated the separation agreement is. And, you know, lawyers' prices vary greatly, like including in, in Toronto even. You're looking at family law lawyers with less experience than me who charge twice as much. So I don't know who their lawyers are, whether they're, you know, getting high profile lawyers, but uh, it really shouldn't cost much um, unless they make it complicated. I would assume they would also have both sides, whether it's a prenup or not, they're millionaires going into this relationship. I'm sure they had some sort of agreement moving forward they're before they got married. Row. Yeah. Yeah. In the first place, I'm just guessing. It, they may well have. I, I don't know of any, but I wouldn't surprise me, Jim. All right. Well, Tom, Giselle, good luck. Uh, Ian, sorry your law firm didn't get the call there. It would have been nice no. if they had gone to CohenHiley.com. But <laughs> Matt is on the line. Hey, Matt. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Ask a lawyer. We've got Ian Snedden from Colin Hiley listening. Uh, what did you want to ask him? So I'll try and give you the short story here. Uh, was married a couple years. 
went through the proper channels for separation and divorce, had an agreement drawn up. Um, we met up a few years later after our divorce and uh, decided to kind of see where things went. Uh, lived together for less than a year, probably closer to half a year, and uh, decided that, yeah, things were exactly the same and not going to be moving forward. Um, and she's decided that our terms and our divorce and our separation agreement, she wants to go back on and have them changed. So my question is, did you did you hit the possible? reset button by getting back in there? Did you reset the uh, the divorce? Not in any sort of legal term, no. But is that what is implied now legally since you spent Seems time? Seems to together? be did what she's happen, going for. Did this happen over COVID when you couldn't go out and date and everybody's lonely? No. Okay. Okay. Ian, what do you think? Well, so most agreements will say that if the parties try to reconcile and it's shorter than 90 days and the agreement still stands, but it depends on Matt's agreement. Uh, normally the property issues would have been dealt with in the agreement. And then if they dated for a, a brief time, so uh, less than three years or shorter, if they had a child together afterwards, then they weren't common law spouses again. So I doubt Going back to your point, I doubt that the reset button was hit. So, um, and that's how I would have to look at the agreement. And she just wants more money, Matt. It's always about money and property, and unfortunately, in the regards of divorce. Sure. Was it finalized though? Like when you guys got separated, divorce? Like was the divorce final? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Move on, lady. Yeah, well, it's I, not as simple as that, but uh, I. I just want to have some advice on whether it is common for those kind of agreements to be overturned or not. Definitely not common, but I'd, you know, I'd have to see the agreement or you'd have to take it to your previous lawyer to be sure. I understand. Yeah. But it's, but it's not common. So like we're leaning in Matt's favor here. Cause it sounds like the divorce was final. Yeah. They're starting from scratch again, in my eyes. She showed up, she saw you had a new TV and said, wait a second. I want that TV. <laughs> okay, Matt, we don't want to get you in trouble here. I yeah, feel like yeah, you... Jeez, uh, that's annoying. Yeah, that's, that's stressful, buddy. Okay, so you're not giving it a third chance, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> fool me once, right? You got well, it, buddy. I'll fool you twice, actually. Taz and Jim, ask a lawyer. We've got Ian Snedden, partner with Cohen Hiley, on the air with us. We've got our friend Hudson on the line. Hey, Hudson. Hey, guys. How are you today? Good. Good. You've got a question about a football survivor pool here. <laughs> well, I just I want to run this by Ian and see what he gets before I start really start spending money on lawyers here. <laughs> um, I'm in this football pool with 10 by 10 business guys here in town. We meet for beer after work some days a week. And we, we got this football pool out of Toronto where it's 2,800 people entered the pool, uh, $100 a piece. Um, so you have a prize of 280,000 in an elimination football pool that started back the first week of the NFL. The nine other guys in the pool are out. I'm alive still. I'm alive only because my nephew, who's a football wizard, makes all my picks. So I just have a simple request to the guys. Okay, instead of one-tenth, one-tenth for everybody, I think it should be split into one-eleventh because my nephew should be, instead of me splitting my one-tenth with him, my nephew should be now one-eleventh one of it. 
And I don't want to get an injunction against the consortium. That's what they call themselves, the consortium. And I really don't want to freeze their assets. And I'm just wondering, do I have any legal leg? Well, first of all, I want to meet your nephew because I would have been out week one when the Titans lost to the Giants. So, uh, you know, obviously he didn't make that pick. The, the problem is that it's probably not legally enforceable. There are cases where there'd been a lottery ticket where uh, it's not a problem for you necessarily. It's a problem for them. The, uh, that where somebody has said, hey, look, we agreed to split the proceeds of the uh, lottery ticket. And that's why a lot of them are assigned now and it used to be that kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. With an NFL survivor pool, I don't think so. So it depends on your agreement, whether it's even enforceable with the consortium. I suppose that as far as they're concerned, uh, well, you haven't won the pool yet, though, have you? It sounds no. like a tomorrow problem that you're thinking about today here. Well, it also sounds like you're a cheap <laughs> SOB. If you want to cut your nephew in, give him a slice of your cut, you bum. If you were out and your buddies were I can't let this go by. If your buddies were still in and you were out, there is no way in hell you would say, okay, I will reduce my fee so your stupid nephew can get involved here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy on the stupid nephew routine there, Jim. Doesn't matter if he's stupid or smart. In this situation, the fact he's involved is stupid and the fact that he's going to get some money when he wasn't in the original agreement, he's irrelevant. You made the you made the he's deal. Relative. He's a relative. He's not irrelevant. <laughs> I will say this though. I mean, so you're. I think what you're telling me is don't waste any money on, on lawyers and don't go for injunctions and freezing of assets and stuff like that, right? I don't think that the court would get involved in your nephew slash survivor NFL pool. Well, that's why I mean, and of course he says, "Well, I'll just pick the Detroit Lions till they till they till we they so lose." So you're going to tank that. it. You're going to tank Whoa. it just so no, nobody gets they're anything. My, they're my buddies. It's all comedy at the end of the day. But um, no, I that's good. I'm glad that that's why I wanted to ask a lawyer here on FM 96. So you've answered my question. And I appreciate the, the time, okay. boys. On FM 96 and on Y108. There might be some people in the Hamilton uh, area that are in this pool as well here, Hudson. All right. Well, good luck to you and your nephew. Uh, Again, that's a problem that you might have to deal with tomorrow, not today. Ian Snedden, thank you for your time. If someone has a question they want to ask you off the air, you and your team always available at CohenHiley.com, and we'll talk to you next month. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Talking about... Dolly Parton trying to get Led Zeppelin back together. Mm-hmm. She's recording a rock and roll album, wants to get Robert Plant and Jimmy Page to perform on the album. I just love a good celebrity team up. Yeah. Takes me back to like uh, reading comic books when I was young and when the Hulk would show up in a Spider Man comic. Oh, yeah. It'd be the best. Sure. We got some other rock and roll celebrity team ups to tell you about here The Who and Eddie Vedder. Hmm. They've been tight for a while. Yeah, um, The Who doing a private event, and they turned to the side of the stage and invited a friend up on stage to perform The Seeker with them. It was Eddie Vedder. People tend to hate me. Where's Roger? Because I never smile. But as I ransack their home, they won't shake my hand. Oh, focusing on nowhere. Investigating my Seeker, I'm a really desperate man. Seeker, 
How sweet is that? I don't know what this private event was, but imagine being able to not only hire the Who to perform, but they bring Eddie Vedder with them. Oh, yeah, incredible. Backyard performance. Here it is. Benefiting Teen Cancer America. So it was a charity fundraiser. Okay. We, we need to start sending out more invites to the fundraisers that we MC, Jim. Truly, because they'd be so rude to turn it down. So we just throw out as many invites as possible. Somebody's going to say yes. And then we get a super group. That's huge. Okay, what about this one? This is not exactly a team-up, but it is one rock and roll band covering another rock and roll band. See if you can figure out who this is doing a cover of Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit. guesses that's my those are my grade school friends in grade seven at the high school or the grade school assembly you don't recognize that voice i think it's chili peppers but it's not good it is the chili peppers anthony singing the verses this is john frusciante playing in the uh, guitar and singing the uh, the chorus Boy, that sounded rough at the start. It's not an easy song to perform well. Even when Nirvana performed it live, it would sound a little rough. Wasn't that kind of the... The whole point? The appeal? The grunge of it all? Yeah, it had to be a little bit grungy. I don't know. I think it's the easiest song to cover. That's like the first song that every kid learns. That's it for us. Thanks for coming. Like the first rock and roll song. Where, Where was this one? Oh, this was at a private event as well. Wow. We got to start having more private events. We're not making enough money. Your peacock. Your peacock. Your peacock. Are you brave enough to let me see your peacock? It's time for sports. Our sports guy is Devin Peacock. Dev, one of the biggest soccer stars on the planet, maybe coming to America. Yeah, there was a report in The Athletic yesterday that Inter-Miami, the team that is co-owned by David Beckham, is very confident they can sign Lionel Messi after the World Cup. He's in the last year of his contract with PSG. They play in the French League. They play in Paris. But after this year, uh, he's a free agent. And if he does not come to a new agreement with PSG soon, he is free to negotiate with any team in the world come January. And Miami is apparently, according to this report, very confident that he will make the jump at the age of 35 and still very productive on the world stage to MLS. What are the odds this is actually going to happen, Deb, you think? Because this this is something that a lot of soccer greats do do. You said Beckham owns a team. He did the same thing. He moved over to America. Rooney did it. Ibrahimovic did it. But they did it, I think, in their 40s. They did it very late in their careers. This is going to be Messi's last World Cup. I mean, he's getting to the end of his career. If you follow soccer right now, you see Cristiano Ronaldo with Man United. He's 37 years old. He has taken a step down with Man U. Is Messi there yet? Well, he's not the same Messi he was like seven years ago. But if you look at his stats this year, he's got like 11 goals, 13 assists. He's doing really well for PSG. He would be by far the biggest name MLS has ever had. He would 
light up the league. I think he's too good for MLS, and I like MLS. I like, you know, I've been to games. It's great, but he has the opportunity to go back to PSG. He has the opportunity to potentially go back to Barcelona, and while Miami is a great city, with Miami, you can't play in the Champions League, and what he wants, I think, is to go back to the Champions League one more time, but if they offer him a incredible amount of money, which is what they're going to have to do to get him to come at the age of 35, how do you say no? Right. Money talks. And here's another example of that. Live Golf Tour, Dev. Dustin Johnson was the big earner, the big winner from the first year of Live Golf. He took home $35 million. That is not including the signing bonus that he got. $100 million signing bonus just to join Live Golf. And what they've been doing is they had this, uh, this team tournament recently where all the golfers, like they had, they played in foursomes and they compete to win like $40 million and they split it, you know, four different ways or $36 million. They split four different ways, the winning team. So he just took home another big check. As they add more golfers and they add more events, that money is going to go up. So the amount of money that they are throwing at golfers with Live Golf is just astronomical and it's getting larger. Maybe Messi wants to put the soccer ball on a shelf and pick up some golf clubs. <laughs> he could get, uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I bet they'd give him $100 million just to start golfing. Why not? Thanks, Dev. <coughs> Devin Peacock is still with us from the Global Radio Newsroom. And, Dev, thanks for sticking around to uh, explain what's going on here with QP and the province of Ontario. Is there going to be some sort of walkout on Friday? Are kids going to be able to go to school? What's the deal here? It certainly sounds as though there's going to be a walkout on Friday. Very early this morning, the legislature reconvened in Toronto at 5 a.m. MPPs were back at Queen's Park for the tabling of the legislation that is uh, being debated right now. It's going to go right until Thursday. And what the legislation is, is number one, it's a contract for four years for for uh, QP members, but number two, it bans their ability to strike. It's preemptive back-to-work legislation. And so, previous to this, the QP, the union that has been at the center of all the early negotiations, had said they were going to walk off the job on Friday. The back-to-work legislation was supposed to stop that. What is likely now going to happen is a wildcat strike, an illegal strike, despite the legislation, because the union is so upset this contract is being imposed on them. This legislation gets passed. What kind of fines or, or penalties are they facing if they do walk off? the job. So the government, I guess they kind of knew or they expected this was going to happen. There are heavy fines for anyone who participates in this wildcat strike. It's $4,000 a day for the individual. It is wow. $500,000 for the union. The union is telling members to do this and they have said, we will cover any fines you face. However, for one day, this could be a $220 million decision by QP if they do actually walk off. So if it were not for the fines, I would say most definitely they're probably going to walk off. But with the fines, are they really going to pay the government when they want the government to pay them? 
Like this is all about money. They yeah. want the money. So are you going to pay the government two hundred twenty million dollars? This we got to be clear. This is not the teachers because there is some confusion. I've been talking to parents of of uh, kids in my neighborhood, and they're like, "Oh, the teacher strike." This isn't a teacher strike. No, this is QP, and this is QP that re- represents fifty five thousand employees. This is uh, janitors. This is secretaries. This is the early childhood educators. The people who basically support the teachers. Yeah, it's the people. It's who, the support staff. It's the people who do all the work for the. Teachers. Teachers. <laughs> so the teachers, you know, they've got it tough, the teachers as well. But they're also critically important. So if they do yeah. walk off the job on Friday, you're going to see school Chaos. boards across the province close or shift to online learning because they cannot operate without the support staff. Well, hey, the kids have been out of school quite a bit, and obviously that's the motivation of the government here. They're like, we can't have the kids out of school again uh, for... Who knows how long? EQAO results came in last week. Math results are way down in the province. And there's a big concern about learning loss as a result of kids not being in the class during the pandemic. So the province has been saying this for weeks. They've been telegraphing it to the unions. Do not force their hand because they are not bluffing. They were not bluffing about the back-to-work legislation. I don't think they're bluffing about the fines either. I think they are going to find them if they do walk off the job. Cupia said it's going to be Friday. We'll see what happens for Monday beyond based on what Friday. But I don't know how much money QP has. But I don't think they have, you know, multiple hundreds of millions of dollars just laying around. To burn through. Uh, we'll obviously be keeping an eye on that uh, with the support of our global news team, globalnews.ca. If you want to check in at any point during the day, you can go in and find out the latest on this story as we get closer to that potential wild, what is it, wildcat? Wildcat strike. Wildcat <laughs> strike. It's like a military move. It's, that's <laughs> kind of awesome, actually. But. This is the Taz and Jim podcast social media influencers are the worst jim mm-hmm. they are they ruin everything for everybody basically by trying to show off um they've angered these influencers they've angered the national parks people now in america uh every once in a while you'll see like somebody at a national park like doing something dangerous like sitting on the edge of a cliff or something like that and taking yeah, a yeah. photo falling off the side or something like that well this one is um an influencer uh, had some golf balls at the Grand Canyon and then was smashing these golf balls into the Grand Canyon and then threw her driver into the Grand Canyon as well, mm. posted it on social media, and National Park Service is saying, do not hit the golf balls in the Grand Canyon, blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of debate going around. Should they charge her? And she is up for charges, actually, but should they make her go down and get, and get the, the golf, golf balls, balls, get the driver, because oh, she be is good, littering at a national park. That'd be a good punishment. <laughs> Go spelunking or rappelling down the side. Retrieve your balls, lady. Yeah. I will say, though, I'm guilty of this myself, but this was before social media. You hit golf balls into the Grand Canyon? Not the Grand Canyon, but we did, me and my buddies stole a bunch of golf balls from a golf course and then like hit them into a lake up in Elliott Lake. Uh-huh. And it was fun. Like It was, a, it was great. Uh, but then, like, my buddy did the Happy Gilmore swing and hit a rock because we were just shooting it off a cliff, and then my I broke my driver. Oh, no. So that was the last. I, it was karma you in action. You learned your lesson. Yeah, big time. Well, you know, uh, you know what happens when you hit golf balls into the water. You watch Seinfeld, right? You're lucky that was a freshwater lake and not the <laughs> ocean. That, True. That thing could get stuck in a dolphin's blowhole. Is that a title list? <laughs> It does sound like a lot of fun 
to hit golf balls into the Grand Canyon. If you had the balls and the club with you, yes, it would be tempting. It would be hard not to, I'd say. Because you'd never hit a further ball. You know what I mean? Because like it's going to travel so far down as well as Eric. Yeah. You know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'm not saying you shouldn't do no, it. No, no, no. Why don't they want, they just don't want golf balls littered in the Grand Canyon? Like, what's the big deal? Well, I mean, it's a life, you could hit some coyotes or something. I don't know. It's a large canyon, but there's also like so it's not going to fill up. But there's people doing mule rides down there, go, and you right. never know who's doing it. The people, and eventually, the people on the mule, sure, got to look out for. But inevitably, like it will add up. It will. It's it's yeah. like the ocean. You know what I mean? It's the biggest thing on the earth, but it's still filling up with plastic. If you don't deter people from doing it, then everyone will want to do it. This woman posted it on social media. I have never thought about hitting golf balls into the Grand Canyon until today. And if everybody starts doing it, then it's just going to, it's going to be full yeah, of golf balls. For sure. <laughs> Inevitably. Just a big bowl of golf balls in, in the ground. It would be like a giant ball pit. Yeah. Like a McDonald's, but golf balls. Which kind of sounds fun as well. Imagine all the retriever balls you could get and use for, for real golfing oh, if you yeah. went there. <laughs> Load up the mule, boys. This is a Pro V1. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. You lose a pet. It's not an easy thing to do, right, Jim? Mm-hmm. You've got two dogs. Yeah. Would you ever consider when their time has come, they, they pass away, um, having them made into a rug, like a bearskin rug? There's no. A, a family in Australia who recently lost their golden retriever had a long, happy life. Instead of burying him or having him cremated, they turned him into like a bearskin rug, basically. Taxidermy Place near Melbourne posted a video of the finished product on Instagram. They said the family wanted him preserved as a pelt, and he was finally ready to come home. Hmm. I mean, I do like bearskin rugs. I think they're kind of cool, but I feel like there's a difference between like if you... Uh, if like, you're friends if, with the bear? Yeah, yeah. If you're like a hunter and you shoot a bear, it's like, you know, I've earned this, you know, whatever. But if it's your dog, now you're just going to walk over your dog for the so it like for the rest of its well, maybe, eternity? Maybe you'll know. use it as a, a throw for the couch or something. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's almost like having the dog there. You can you pet the fur and it's... I don't know, man. And there's the taxidermy where you can just get the whole body stuffed and put it up in the corner. I don't like that either. I've seen that as well. I'd rather well. take that money and get a new dog. Well, shh. What if your dogs are listening? No, no, no. There's no bigger compliment to a dog than after they die if you want another dog. Right? Because if you see... Means you, they did their job yeah, well. And you're like, I can't live without another yeah. dog. So... it's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. This is... Like, I'm, uh, I'm not a pet owner. I, when I was younger, we did have a dog, old Bud, and I, I do like uh, I do like dogs a little bit. But looking at this picture, it just looks wrong. Maybe you know, maybe there's a compromise. Maybe I'll get my lady a fur coat, a little Brucey fur coat, and she can rock it around town, or a shawl. A shawl. What else can you use fur for? Maybe maybe the interior of a new car. Some people saying in the in the comments section here, hey, this is, you know, this is your dog. This is a great idea. You can have your pet with you forever. Most of the comments are saying the opposite. Like, this is 
psycho stuff. Well, because if you are one of those people who just loves their pet, you constantly say, it's a member of the family. It's a member of the family. Would you stuff a member of the family or skin a member yeah. of the family? I mean, I guess you keep the ashes in a vase sometimes or whatever, an urn. But I don't know, looking at the actual skin slash fur? If you made a uh, a throw blanket out of grandpa. If he was like a hairier old man. <laughs> the back hair blanket. I just love petting, running my hands through my grandpa's <laughs> back hair as I'm watching TV. Yeah, that would be weird. Let it go. We were talking moments ago about this video that's gone viral. It's a taxidermy place in Australia and they posted a video of a, uh, a family who had their deceased golden retriever turned into a rug. Some people thought it was very fitting, you know, uh, you can have your dog around forever. Other people thought it was on the creepy side. Getting some calls here. Hey, what's going on? Not much, Jared. Just listen to you guys talk about the dog thing. We had our dog recently passed away, and they uh, cremated it and turned her into, uh, her ashes were put into a clay pattern that we had her paw before she passed away. Um, we had an imprint of her paw on, and then they basically cast uh, a clay pattern with her paw in it. Sorry, they cast a what? A, a clay? clay. They, they, yeah. they, they, they took an impression of her, her paw. Yeah, yeah I think, you know, I, you know I, I don't think that, I don't think you're a serial killer uh, after yeah, hearing that. You know, but I'm just talking on that. I mean, there's probably less morbid ways to, uh, you know, carry on the, uh, the tribute to the animal. True. If I walked into your house and I saw four dead dog rugs on your floor, I'd be a little concerned. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit yeah. domery. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's a very good touch on the word there, domery. I was thinking that myself. I just couldn't think of what to attach to. That's yeah. it right there. But that's cool. That's a nice little thing, a nice memento. Right. Yeah, it was, it was definitely uh, something that uh, we wanted to keep a little piece of. And Jim, you're exactly right. Because um, as soon as our dog passed away, it was a testament to our old dog that we needed to replace that right away because she was such a huge fixture in the house. Mm -hmm. Leaves a hole, and doesn't it? What's that? It leaves a hole. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's like when you have kids involved with that. It's one of those things where you kind of have to see what you, uh, you can do to replace the uh, the downtime for them. Yeah, no doubt. And, and we replaced our dog with a, a husky, so he's explosive, and there's so much fun in our house now. Right on. What's, yeah, man. What's the new dog's name? Riker. Hey, Riker, if your owners are putting your paw in clay, I'd be a little concerned there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if he gets the old dippy, he knows that uh, he should know what's coming on. Days yeah. are numbered, right there. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Do you follow us on Twitter? Both Jim and I are verified. We've got our blue check marks. Taz from the radio, Jim from the radio. Look us up, give us a follow. We're verified for now. I don't know if I'll still be verified if I have to pay $20 a month to keep my blue check mark, Jim. I'm not verified. Are you I not verified? I was, but then I slightly changed my handle and they took it away. So then you have to reapply if you slightly change your Insta to your Twitter handle. So I'm a no I'm a nobody on Twitter right now. Oh, but you are. You still have the check mark. Yeah. Well, then I got a big decision to make. Because twenty bucks a month. Elon is saying that they are considering a subscription for uh, your verification. Yeah, I don't know, because like Elon is known for trolling people. It almost feels like a troll just to see what the celebrities and the people who like are special say about it, but it seems backwards to me. 
Author Stephen King says, what? You should be paying me. He says he's gone. If, if they start charging them $20 for verification. Well, Twitter and Facebook, both not doing well right now. YouTube is doing great. YouTube is crushing it, if you consider that a social media platform. And they pay their people who are putting out content. You create you, good content. You draw people to the site. You get the, the you, revenue. You get a share of you, the profits. Yeah, the advertisement revenue. So, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if there's a way you could do that for Twitter. But, yeah, it seems like... Uh, the incentives are backwards. So Elon Musk responded to Stephen King, says, We need to pay the bills somehow. Twitter cannot reti- rely entirely on advertisers. How about $8? <laughs> See, he's trolling. He says, I will explain the rationale in longer form before it is implemented. It's the only way to defeat the bots and trolls. Okay, what is it? Are you trying to make money or are you trying to defeat the bots and trolls? It sounds like you're trying to make money and you're trying to make it sound like you're doing it for the greater good. Yeah, I just don't get the logic. Like Maybe there's an explanation, but none of the bots, as far as I understand, are verified. So how would that eliminate them? They're, they don't have to pay either way, right? Because if they're not the... Yeah, they can still just bot along and whatever, do their bot thing. Keep on botting. Keep on botting. That bot life, ABC. ABB, always be boughten. Always be boughten. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait for the long-form explanation, <laughs> but Twitter considering charging you for your blue check marks. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Here's a text that came in. I usually never have many kids that come by for Halloween, so this year I bought 60 full-size chocolate bars. Wow. And I ran out. I had to start giving away bottles of Gatorade. And I said, well, where do you live? St. Thomas. St. Thomas, Ontario. Yeah. When w- word travels fast when you're giving out the full sizers. Oh, true. And now this, kids have cell phones. That's right. That was back in my day. Now the technology enhanced. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if there's an app where kids can enter in, hey, there's full size candy bars and it'll pop up on a map. Oh, they drop a pin? Drop you a pin. You know kids love dropping pins. You got it. Yeah. And then the other kids can just go track them down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they show up, Gatorades! A buddy texted me. He did the same thing. He's like, I don't get many kids. Went to Costco, full size chocolate bars and a bag of chips. Hmm. And I think he had 58 or something, chips and, and chocolate bars. He said he ran out as well. Hmm. Good on them. Yeah. Because if you, if you didn't give them away, now you're eating 40 full-size chocolate bars. Instead of 40 little chocolate <laughs> yeah. bars. Yeah. That's right. You don't want leftovers. By the way, Jim, already I went down to get some water from the kitchen here. Mm-hmm. Somebody has already dumped their leftover Halloween candy in there. So if you want a Kit Kat or a coffee crisp, they're on the table in the lunchroom. I mean, I'm already going to have 50 today. What's 12 more? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Here's a text message from someone who is listening to our conversation about this video that's gone viral from a taxidermy place in Australia. Family wanted to uh, preserve the memory of their dog, so they had their golden retriever turned into a rug. Like a bearskin rug, but it's a golden retriever rug. Yeah, I saw a picture of it. It's cuter than I thought it would be because I figured it was going to be like the bear where it's like um, spread eagle or whatever, stomach down, but it's kind of curled up like it's sleeping. So it's cuter than I thought, but still but morbid. Still, but still creepy. I wouldn't no? do it. Not something I would do. Well, how about this one? We got a text message. It says, Taz and Jim, on that subject, I have an aunt that always said she would love to preserve her daughter's tattoos, like have her skin framed or turned into leather to hang on the wall. I've got a couple.
couple issues with this one. <laughs> Doesn't she hope her daughter outlives her is number one. <laughs> How many tattoos does she have? Because maybe she's living fast and free, you know what I mean? And mom sees the right yeah. all. I have an aunt that said she would love to preserve her daughter's tattoos. How about you preserve your daughter's life? <laughs> Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.